guys, we're back with Just Ask Tatum. So excited to be doing this podcast, guys. I mean, you know, I love talking with people and being able to see them. But to actually be able to just come on here and not have to worry, like I've said before, about makeup and my hair fixed. I can just let it rip and I don't have to worry about it. So today I want to talk about justice. Um, If there's no justice, there's no peace ever. And there's so much in our country that's going on. And, you know, for me, I can speak from experience. Because my son, in two and a half years, he has still not received any justice for what happened to him. My son, as most of you know, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. um, You can go on Facebook and look up Joseph Strong or Justice for Joseph. Um, I'm also on TikTok, Tatum Thrift Walker, Georgia. Instagram, just ask Tatum, and also um, you can find me on YouTube. Um, YouTube, pretty much just uh, just ask Tatum, and um, you'll be able to find it. Um, what I want to start with is my son, two and a half years ago. Um, some people he thought were friends, and I've told him, you know, you you can't think everybody's your friend because some people are just jealous of you. And, you know, I think with Joseph, he was like I used to be a little naive. I think he was more naive than what I was. But he thinks that everybody just, you know, cares about you and they're your friend no matter what. And when somebody is jealous of you, as I've explained this over and over again, it does not matter how much your friendship means to yourself, like their friendship means to you, how much you love them unconditionally as a friend, if they've got so much jealousy of you, their hate overweighs any power that they could ever have to care about you. Or it's not that they don't want to be your friend. I mean, it's not that they want to be your friend. It's that that's the only way they can get close enough to you because they can't allow you to know that they're your enemy. So, I want to, you know, I want to put that out there. But two and a half years ago, he snuck out of the house, and it was on New Year's Eve, and went down to a party, and, you know, it was over a girl. Now, I want to get this straight, since some of this little trash that, you know, had something to do with my son, like to get on there and say that it was not over um, the girl. It was over a girl, but not on my son's part. My son's part, you know, there's some little girls out there, guys, and let's face it, they're still there. They're just getting younger every day that guys only allow they only have sex with them or oral sex oral sex is the worst because that means they don't even want to have sex with them it's a nasty but that part and then there's a part where they want to take them home to mama or take them you know out to eat or to date or to let their boys know at school when they're a football player that that's going to be their girlfriend this girl would have never been my son's girlfriend she did not match into his world, and it's not because she was poor. It was not because, it was because she's trash. She's somebody that I would never allow my son to date, and I hate to say that. But as I said before, there's as much rich white trash as they are poor white trash, but she's just poor white trash. She just, you know, she calls people ugly, and she looks like a darn donkey. You know, and my donkey, he's pretty. I don't know. She's not like the donkey off track. She's like a donkey that she would find that has been left somewhere and it needs a sanctuary to get itself back up to code, if I, if you know what I mean. 
But anyway, she had slept with like three guys at this party that knew my son. Well, she had the hots for my son. So she was kissing on my son and stuff. You know what she was about to try to do. Well, as that happens, the other guys got mad, or one of them in particularly, because he's fat and ugly and a little punk. And y'all, I don't, I don't talk about people like that, but people that do stuff like this, I, I got a right to say something about them. And he knew he couldn't beat my son. My son was a second-degree black belt. And they think that I'm saying this about my son because, oh, I, I, I can fight. I was more of an MMA fighter. My son was literally a weapon with his bare hands. Okay? He took karate since he was five years old. He literally went to championships and fought. He was trained to fight, you know, with his hands and his feet. He did, he did MMA some with his karate. But what I'm saying is my son didn't like to fight. He wanted to get along with everybody. But see, they knew this night that none of his boys, his real true boys, that were his football players and all that and his dirt bike friends, they knew that he wouldn't, that he wouldn't be there or they wouldn't be there. So... After they knew they couldn't beat him and everything, one of them picked up a shovel, hit my son in the head. Left, They left my son. They changed his clothes. They moved him and put him on an old mattress underneath the barn and left him to die. Now, these people keep telling, saying that, you know, they didn't do nothing to him. I do not care if they were not the ones that hit him in the back of the head with the shovel. They let my son, they knew he was laying there, and they hit it. Because they were going to say, okay, he fell from the barn. He got drunk and fell from the barn. First of all, there's no way he could have got drunk that fast from how long he was laying there. There's no way he could have been that intoxicated. Because when he left the house, it was after 10 o'clock. Okay? I've got proof of all this. They say, show me proof. I'm not going to show them shit. But I have the proof. I have the proof stored, and the proof is facing to come out. This Saturday, I am holding a rally. Not just for me, but for a lot of other people that has went through this. And at this rally, I'm fixing to let everything out because, y'all, they let my son lay there 12 to 14 hours. They almost made his brain of mush. He had the biggest hematoma that Shans in Jacksonville, Florida had ever seen. My son had a future ahead of him. And you know, here's the thing, guys. If they would have called 911, they could have left. The mama called an EMT and asked an EMT a bunch of questions. What I want to know to this day who the EMT was, and I am going to get to find that out. Who the EMT was and why she's not been stripped of all her medical license. Because if I'm an EMT, correct me or not, guys. If somebody calls me and they're literally asking me all these questions about blood and someone's eyes and stuff. Isn't the first thing that you're going to do is going to call it in? I mean, I know I am. So that's what I don't understand about this. I don't understand it at all. It breaks my heart. They have terrorized us. They have egged my house. Um, They have, you know, said stuff over Facebook, on live. Little punks, thinks that I'm scared. And they're not going to scare me. I don't even know why they do it. Because if their parents their parents know me if they knew me so well they would tell their children you better stop because you don't know who you're messing with 
I'm going to say, I said this a long time ago, I retired out of the game. Because the reason I was like I was growing up was people like them that bullied me as they called us preps in school. But anybody that knew me knew that I hung with different crowds. Yes, I was popular. I was one of the most popular people in my grade. But And I hung with some of the most popular kids. But here's the thing. I spoke to everyone. My shit stinks just like everybody else's. I never thought I was better than anybody. But you had these people, like their parents, of these kids now, that were the same way. And one time, I got slapped when I was younger. And I come home crying. And my mama told me that better never happen again. And let's just say the next time it happened, I tore some A-double-S up. Or some ass up. I'm going to say it on podcast. Ass up. And I never, ever took nobody's crap ever again. And that was what I was known for. And I would, you know, I never started a fight. A lot of people said I did, but I did. I might be arguing, but, and, and sometimes I threw the first punch, but they did something to me. I didn't just go up and start fighting somebody. If y'all hear these frogs, I'm in down south Georgia. So in down south Georgia, you're going to hear frogs. But, you know, their parents should tell them they don't know who they're messing with. They messed with my son, a son that I adopted. I I learned at 17 years old that I could not have children. I was born, and I've not talked about this a lot, but I was born without a uterus and without a um, cervix, and I was born, that's just the way I was born, okay? Um, yes, in some ways, I've never had to worry about maxi pads or tampons, and that's a great thing. But, you know, my mom used to tell me every girl that had, and I don't want to get into all that because that's just, ugh. But women, when they have their, you know, their time of the month, they they usually feel better after they had it, you know, and I never had that. So, but I've kept so much bottled up inside because, you know, I tried to let it go, but they just kept writing stuff on Facebook, talking about me. And, you know, we have been through little hell, not just with them, with people that I thought, you know, would never do some of the stuff they've done. You know, they run their mouth. You know, we've had fundraisers for my son when he first got hurt. They literally went, and what they don't realize they, about the, about this, these people would call now. I'm not mentioning no names. They would literally call and say, you don't need to give them no fundraiser. They've got money. Okay, we're not poor, but we're not rich. But here's the thing. When something unexpected like this, the community, I have always donated. Always try to donate to anybody. Even when Joseph was hurt. I donated to two people. You know, that's just how I am. If I've got it, you can have it. But these people actually called and told them I was lying. My son was not uh, going to go to Shepherds and get better. You know, I was lying about all this. And everything that I said was a lie. Well, I waited. And when we got to Shepherds that time, and Joseph finally started doing, you know, commands and stuff like that. One of my Christian friends, it was a prayer warrior, she says, Tatum, I want you to post that. I said, well, I really don't want to see his face. They said, well, you ain't got to show his face. But you need to post that, and you need to show people who's lying. Because petty stuff like that in a moment, I just don't care. You know, I've had to about get restraining orders on people. You know, I had one guy that was trying to go in my son's room and telling them to try to give him something while he was in the room. I mean... I, Y'all, we have literally been... I don't think people know, and I am writing a book. 
And in my book, I will not be able to use some names, but I'm going to tell a lot. Because I don't think anybody knows what me, my husband, my mom, and dad have been through. Also, my best friends. They've been through it too. Cindy, Jamie, Michelle, Christy, they have been there. You know, they've, um, my Kim folk, they've all seen what hell that we have went through. And people telling me that I was selfish. I should have pulled the plug on him. And, you know, now that it's been two and a half years and I haven't, that Joseph is in a Houston rehab right now. And he's there, you know, with, without us because they want him to learn independence. Here's the thing. I've had time to process and I just get madder and then I have to pray and I have to tell God, God, don't let me be so mad. You know, let, I know I have to forgive, but I can't, even if I forgive, I cannot forget. And I get madder and I get madder because I think about how dare you, how dare you tell me that I'm selfish, not let my child go. This is the child that God put in my life. And he lay there 12 to 14 hours and was still alive. And they didn't understand how he was alive. I'm going to tell you, like I said all the time, he was alive because God made sure he was alive. In Jesus' name, amen, he was alive. God is the ultimate healer. Just like one of Joseph's daughters now, he says, I am one of God's instruments, but I'm not God. That's the only way they can explain Joseph's progress. And I'm going to make sure, and I'm not going to stop. I've had to literally go on my private Facebook, and I'm still not done with some of them, and delete because they like to go around and tell. One, they like to tell things about me and my husband like, you know, supposedly my husband's got this, my husband's got that. Here's the thing. Anything that my husband has, especially insurance-wise, goes towards our son. Okay? Yes, Joseph does have a biological dad, but my husband is also his dad. You know, um, Joseph, his bi- biological father, he had a woman in his life at one time, and um, I considered her Joseph's second mom because she loved him. When he was in the hospital, it does not matter about blood. That's something else I get sick of hearing. Blood ain't nothing but blood that runs through your veins. It is red. Everybody bleeds red, and I'm going to tell you something. I've got friends that I consider more family than some people that have my blood running through their veins. And now that's not many, though, because I, I have a great family. But I'm just saying, you know, I've been told Joseph, suppose, you know, Joseph's not a, a real thrift. No, he's not biologically, but he's a damn thrift. And I'll tell you that. And let me tell you why he's a thrift. Because God put him into our lives. And, you know, I look at it like this. Anybody that can say anything bad about anybody that's in Joseph's life to him constantly, especially when he has had a brain injury. And they, I think they think that he is stupid as hell, and he's not. But anybody who's, and this is why, this is one reason, me and Joseph have a bond. We've always had a bond. Now, my mom and dad and Michael have helped me raise him. But my mom and daddy, you know, before Michael coming to the picture, Michael coming to the picture when he was 10 years old. But the thing is, 
me and Joseph have always had this bond. We can argue, we can whatever, but we have a bond. And at the end of the day, he's a mama's boy, and he'll tell you that. You know, I've had people say stuff about that, and I'm like, whatever, you just ask him. I don't care. He's going to tell you. You know, he's going to tell you, and this is how I do it. I always let Joseph choose, you know, what he wants to do, who he wants to talk to. There's some friends and other people in his life. He decides, you know, Mama, I don't want them to know this, or Mama, I don't want to talk to them. And I, at first, you know, I would try to push him on people or push push him on them, like, come on, Joseph. Now I don't. The doctor tells me, don't do that. Joseph is in his right mind. Yes, he has problems, and there's different things, like the grabbing that he does and stuff that has affected but the thing is, let your child decide, you know. Now, when they're young, you know, you need to encourage them. But when they get a certain age, just let them decide. Because, you know, you need to remember, we all have those skeletons. We all have those burdens and demons in us that we have to allow God to help us get out. And with my family, the hell that we've been through in these two and a half years, people have no idea. They have no idea what, you know, um, I've just now literally started back working again. And I have, you know, God has blessed me. I've had a bunch of projects, but I always run them by Joseph. And, you know, I just got to fly out to see him for a day. And, you know, I didn't get to see him for too long because they have a schedule he's on. But, you know, while I was there, they allowed me to see him. And, um... You know, I talked with him about some things I got coming up, and, and he, and, you know, he's just all for it. You know, um, the book that I'm writing, um, I've asked him about the, some of the stuff, and he's told me what he wants me to write about and what he don't. Um, he just basically wants me to be happy. And, and, you know, the one thing about this doctor, too, y'all, the one in Houston, is he told me, he said, Miss Walker, you need to realize something. This didn't just happen to Joseph. This happened to you, your mama, and your daddy, and your husband, and your family, and your friends. He said, this happened to you. He's like, Miss Walker, you've had to make decisions that no mom or nobody would ever want to make. And I was like, I understand that. He's like, but you are one of the strongest women I've ever met. And, you know, people have sometimes said, and this is what really I think gets my mama and daddy mad and it will get my husband and my friends especially Cindy, Jamie, Christy, Michelle Jay, I think well, Cindy and Jamie's got the worst temper I believe I, was, I don't know if Michelle and Christy's got one but even Mandy and them like this right here will tick them off so bad because it's been told before that my mama's always the one that's watched him and, and done when I worked y'all I taught Nancy Baton. I done. I had to work in the afternoon. She, she had to pick him up. I started having scheduled classes where I could see his games. Well, we had a Sunday. Every Sunday was me and Joseph's day. We went to the movies. We went out to eat. Until he got about 10, and he didn't really care to do it no more. And then that's when he wanted to go, like, hunt with Michael. You know, he wanted to do stuff like that. But it's been told, you know, since his accident that my mom, and let me tell y'all something. My mom is one of his caregivers. She has done a lot. But my mom will also tell you, when Joseph came home, when he still had the trait, she did not never do none of that. I had to do it all. I had to give him his food. I had to give him his medicine. She didn't learn to the very end, the last month he had it, how to do that, how to do the food. And then she still had to call me. That's why I couldn't be gone or I'd have to wait till Michael was home before I could go 
uh, somewhere, you know, do one of my work trips or something like that because he had to have somebody before, you know, we got a nurse and stuff. And they only stayed to a certain hour. But the thing is, okay, if I, if I didn't take care of him, how did, how did somebody do that? Then when he was put in the hospital in Savannah because he had an infection in blood, I had to literally stay there. I always stayed with him in the hospital. Mama didn't stay with him in the hospital any till the past couple months ago when he went to Choa. And she told me she wanted to do that because, you know, I'd always, you know, I stayed in there for a long time with him. Well, I had to go through classes and I had to learn how to, I had to get up three times during the night and give him three different kind of antibiotics through an IV. So I didn't get no, hardly no sleep. I've done that several times. Um, I went with him to all his therapies. My mom only went to two because he says I am the um, drill sergeant, so he likes me to be there. <laughs> um, so it's been told by some people that basically I lie because I don't take care of him. I'm going to tell you something. I want these people to say that to my face. I want to say to my husband or, to, you know, even my parents because you're going to get your feelings hurt because I could tell you so much about traumatic brain injuries. It would make you, you would look at me like, how do you know all this? At Shepherds, I had classes while he was there. I studied it. I also learned the different things on the Rancho scale. Um, you name it, I learned it. Um, I just, it's just, I want people to understand. And, and I'm glad that the doctor made me understand this, that it's not just Joseph's life that changed. Our lives changed something overnight. And, you know, when certain people don't have to give nothing up and their life just goes on. But then you got my family that has had to change everything. And then people who don't have to change nothing or don't choose to or whatever, they like to, you know, talk about us. And that's not okay with me. It's never going to be okay with me. And, you know, people ask me all the time, have I forgive all the stuff that's happened, the different people who's done different things? And I have forgave. It's took me a long time. But with God, I have forgave because God says you have to forgive to be able to get into heaven and to be able to understand, you know, and, and get on with my life. Or for us to get on with our life, I had to forgive. But I will never forget, and here's the thing, I don't want nothing to do with them. But also to some of these that has literally been talking behind my back and are on my Facebook and giving other people information, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much pinning you down and pinpointing it down who you are. And I promise you, I'm trying to get, I, I'm not about, I'm not about vengeance. I can't be that in the Lord and what he's done for Joseph. But I promise you, God says vengeance is his. You're going to pay for what you've done. You're going to pay for running your mouth. And you're not going to be around me. I'm not going to be your friend. I'm not going to, you know, act like I like you when I don't. I'm going to be done with you. And that's just how it is. And then I'm going to let everybody know when they ask me why I'm not having nothing to do with a certain person. Also, a lot of people has asked me this, and I wanted to address it on my podcast about some of Joseph's friends. Where have they been? Well, this is how I answer that question. I love each and every one of his friends. All of them. And this is kind of hard to talk about. 
Because I get upset about it. I've watched my son call for some people, some of his friends, wanting to talk to him. And he's had certain ones that has asked about him, who has made a point in two and a half years to come see him, to have stuff to do with him. And listen, I know that they're busy. This is the thing, and I always say this. Their lives have went on. You know, they're getting to enjoy their high school. But the hard part, I think, is to just erase Joseph like he was never anything to them. I know that it hurts him. I get emotional about this because it really hurts my child. Because I've seen him look at pictures on his wall and wonder why. Why don't they come and see me anymore? Why don't they have anything to do with me? And the thing is, guys, I don't expect them to come all the time. I don't. Because I know they have their own lives. And some of them don't live right here in town. It's harder. But what's wrong with picking up the phone? He can talk. And another thing, I know some of them are hurt. It's hard for them to look at him. It's hard because they, they, they remember the Joseph that he was. But here's the thing. Ain't he been through enough? Why can't they just pick up the phone and call and say, Hey, buddy, how you doing? They don't have to come by. They could call. But if they're ever in Waycross and they don't have to stay long, if they could stop by for five or ten minutes just to hug his neck, I don't understand that because I couldn't do that. But then I look and I ask myself this, what would Joseph do? Joseph would go above and beyond. I know he would. I know he would be there. He didn't do funerals. He didn't do nothing. The boy he knew that died, he was there. He come home, got his good clothes on, and he went to the funeral. That's just who my son was. And it, it just bothers me a little bit, and it hurts me. Because I see the hurt in his eyes. Joseph's like me. He's hard. He's hard. But I get emotional and mad thinking about it. Like, you know, he's had all this taken from him. Why? Why don't people just take the time? I want to mainly thank Kaka Kazir McCoy. You have been like a brother to my son. And what is being done to you right now, it will come out Saturday. You are not a bad boy. You are a good boy. You're a good-hearted boy. You have come over here. You have come over here and brought other boys to see Joseph. And you have been there for him. And it means the world. Connor, Brandon, you have been like a brother to my son also. And I want to say this, and I'm not going to say names, but I know some of Joseph's friends know more about the son of a bitch that hit my son, and you still talk to him, and you hang out around him. You're not my son's friend. So you exit him out, because I'm exiting you out. And I think you probably done figured it out by now. If you have the ability to, and, and some of you that have these people on your Facebook now, some people I know because they, they want to see what they write and they, they text me and tell me and that's fine. 
But some of you that are close to me or have been close to Joseph and have any of these on your Facebook or have hung out with them after what they did, leave my son's name out. Don't act like you care about him. And another thing, do not come to his rallies or to his, um, you know, his truck rides and all this just for attention or to be known, you know, because we're popular or whatever. Don't do that. Don't do that at all because that just makes you look worse. Don't. Just stay away. That just, I mean, that's just how I feel about it. Because I sat there, that one truck, he was so happy. He was smiling. And then when we go inside, he asked me about certain people. Well, why wasn't they here, Mama? I'm not making excuses for nobody, and I'm not going to anymore. Because, like I said, I'm not mad because I understand that people have lives. But what I don't understand, it just hurts me with certain certain ones of them. Some of them I could care less, but some of them it just really hurts me because Joseph loved y'all so much and would have been there and done anything and to throw him away like he ain't nothing. I just don't know how you can do it. And I know some of you say, well, it hurts me to see him like that, Miss Tatum. He don't think it don't hurt me. I'm his mama. But I've never let him see me cry over what has happened to him. Because I want him to know he has got a full life ahead of him. And like the doctor said, he will have a good life. It is what he makes out of it. And But for you to just use that excuse, it's hard to see. Well, you have no idea. You ain't seen nothing. You've not seen the waking up with the neuro storming and, you know, him sweating, having anxiety attack. I mean, you haven't seen none of that. None of that. So, this podcast here, I think, has had a lot of questions answered. And, you know, it's been a little bit emotional. But Saturday at the courthouse in Waycross, Georgia at 10 a.m., I'm going to be talking. I'm going to be bringing some people in and talking about what needs to go down. It's been two and a half years, and I'm tired of sitting here. My son is going to get justice. And for all them that had something to do with it, I mean, they're just sitting around. They don't think I'm going to do nothing. I really think they think that my thrift family is just going to back down and not do nothing. Like I said, your parents need to tell you who I am because I'm mad and I'm hurt and I'm sick of y'all. I'm sick of y'all running your mouths. And uh, the news stations are supposed to be there Saturday. I will be giving all names on there, the ones that can't shut their mouth. So, yeah, y'all are going to get some fame time. Y'all going to get some fame time. I just don't know if y'all think that it's going to be good fame time. Because um, I'm just getting started. I've just been getting started. The only reason I'm really pushing it now is because, like I said, Joseph's in Houston. He's not here. He can't hear me. He can't hear me talking to people and going off because he worries. He worries about me. But I tell him, son, God's got me. He's got me. And the cops know everybody that's involved. They know everything. So, But listen, people. Always listen to your parents, kids. I know we get on your nerves. Y'all think that we're just trying to, you know, just make your life a living hell. But it's because we love you. There's too many people out here that are jealous and don't care about you and they will harm you and not think twice about it. (laughs) 
but remember, go on Facebook under Joseph Strong, Justice for Joseph, or Instagram and YouTube, Just Ask Tatum, and TikTok, Tatum Thrift Walker, Georgia. And um, make sure you follow the story and you can go back to the beginning and understand what we're coming for. Because anybody that would leave a young and lay on a mattress like he's an old dog, they're not human. And to not even be sorry about it. They're mad because I'm saying something. But here, one more time, I want to say this. You might not have been the one that hit my son in the head, but you were part of the cover-up. And left him laying there to die. That's attempted murder. What do you guys think? Do you think that's attempted murder? Because if he would have died, that would have been cold-blooded murder. God bless each and every one of you. I love all my listeners. Um, I'm loving this podcast. Also, please go like um, Tatum and Cindy, Besties with a Voice. Um, Go like that page. Um, And also my Just Ask Tatum because a lot of we're going to start doing our own little show um, as part of Just Ask Tatum. So I'm looking forward to it. So it's Tatum and Cindy, Besties with a Voice. Um, I love you guys, and that's all tonight for Just Ask Tatum Podcast. Bye, guys.